Welcome to the All Things Performance Podcast, where our goal is to stay hungry, to get better, and to move the meter. My name is Josiah Igano, and whether you're looking to improve physically, to get fed spiritually, or to challenge yourself mentally, we're digging deep to find those gems, and we're going to find them. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go. Okay, let's, let's, give, it a, let's give it a go. Yeah. We'll give it a go. Like, I think, like my brothers say down in Australia, we'll give it a go. Yeah, so... Man, today I am joined. I'm I'm very I'm very excited about today's conversation. I'm joined with a good friend, uh, a mentor, somebody that uh, has impacted my life um, in in just tremendous ways. Mike Sanfratello, Big Michael. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. I didn't know that you would lead with Glenn Denard right out of the gate, but. You can't get away from him. So, Michael. Every time, every time you would come in, man, Pastor Glenn, man, we would see you say, "Big Michael." I know. It's like this is a formal meeting. What are you doing? This is like. So, I actually was watching him on Facebook the other day, and he was sharing with his boys. It was an awesome picture. One of his boys was filming as he was talking to all the boys, and he gave a little shout out. He's like, "This is impacting my life. This is impacting SDA, blah blah blah." And I was like, "The good old days." Yeah. That's great, man. That's great. I know, I know, I know that, uh, and we're, we're, we're going to be talking about more, about that more this afternoon. You've impacted so many people's lives, man. And um, I, I know I might get this wrong, but at this current moment in human history, you are the senior uh, VP of FCA in the Rockies region. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. I, w- I would love for you to talk about um, that role in more detail. Uh, and just for the viewers who and the listeners, uh, who may not be familiar uh, with your background. Well, Joe, good to be here today. Uh, if you're not even familiar with what FCA is, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and I'll back that up even a second farther. Josiah and I crossed paths when he was an athlete at Arizona State University uh, as a DB, and uh, he and I met as and there, and, and God has kept us together this whole entire way. And it's been fun to watch you grow, mature, and put God has put you in a position of impact, which is amazing. Um, I serve as FCA regional director, so I oversee five states in the Southwest. I've got the four corner states, go look that up later, and then Wyoming. And uh, my job is to bring great leadership, vision, and help serve our, our staff well. We have nearly 77 staff in our region that I help oversee in, in direct and indirect ways. I started as an area rep, serving in the local community. I started as a volunteer, much like Joe did, we volunteered became a staff person, became a director in Arizona, and now serve in the regional role um, and trying to build this team so that we can reach every coach and every athlete. Uh, We're only as good as our ability to serve others. And if we're not in a position to serve, we can't. And so my job is to help raise up the people and resources to make that vision become a reality. That's awesome. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. I've had a front row seat, man, at just your impact, you know, um, over the last 20 years, man, since I've, since I was 19 years old, you know, and it's really, it's really uh, touching just to see, um, you know, that scope and magnitude uh, of, of, you know, the gift that you have. It's, it's, it's so impressive. And, um, and I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of it. You know, you as someone who works with athletes, um, you've, you've been a professional athlete yourself. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. You've been a professional athlete yourself, a collegiate athlete yourself. Um, you are somebody who is an integral part of the athletic experience. Um, 
And one of the things that um, athletes all share in common is a belief system. Um, some people may call it belief system. Some people may call it faith. Um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, words uh, that you can use to describe um, that, that's, that, that, that inner uh, sense of self-confidence and belief. Why, in your opinion, do you believe that it's important to have faith, to have a belief system? And um, how, how would you encourage someone um, to look into that area more and to strengthen that area more, whether that belief system comes from something outside themselves or right. from you know, I, my previous boss said something to me one time and stuck with me. He said, we were going to meet with a, another athlete. And he said, hey, Mike, what's this guy's come from? What's this come from? And I was like, what do you mean? What's this come from? He's like, yeah, where's this guy coming from? What's this guy all about? What's this guy's, who is this guy? And I love that. What's this guy's come from? Mm-hmm. Man, everybody's got to come from. Everybody's coming from somewhere. And it, it just depends on where that, that somewhere, that, 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 starting point is um, and every athlete has a belief system they either believe in the process they believe in themselves they believe in um, you know their team whatever and I've just been in this position in my life and why I serve with FCA is because I want that come from to be from a place of like truth I want that come from to be from a place of health I want that come from to be from a place of wholeness where people's identity is fully wrapped in, in, in into who they are and not what they do. And because, man, the things that we do, those things are ever changing, but who we are remains the same. And I've tried to instill every time I've talked to athletes, eventually I come back to this one thought, what is your foundation? What is the rock solid foundation? Is that foundation firm or is that foundation soft? And so a lot of guys have a belief system and it could be in themselves. And it's important to believe in yourself, Josiah. If you don't believe in yourself, obviously nobody will. But at the end of the day, your your resources are fine. They're finite. Mm-hmm. I'd rather drive people towards um, a uh, where my come from would be a relationship with God and a relationship on how that how He formed them, created them, and what He's put in them, and then that be their foundation and that resource being infinite, which gives me capacity and ability to 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 do to to approach any aspect of my life, whether it's on the field or off the field, whether it be the process, would be with people. My, so driving people to a belief system that's greater than themselves, that creates a firm foundation, that creates something that's an anchor. I shared this when I was with your guys, with the Rangers, and I, I still believe it's a great metaphor to this day. Um, you know, an old coach of mine grabbed a football and he said, you know, he, he listed 50 things that you could do with this football. I, I didn't know you could do 50 things with it. You could throw it, you could catch it, you could fumble it, you could kick it, you could punt it. He went on down the line. And Joe, the last thing he said was this. He goes, one thing you can't do is he goes, you can't stand on it. Yeah. He goes, at least not for long. And I think when we live in a world of athletics, man, so many of us are trying to build our foundation on our performance and on our sport. And that's just, that, that, that's, that's not something you can stand on, at least not for long. Mm-hmm. So to get to the macro part of your question, when I say belief systems have to be with what is your come from and what's the source of that come from? And I want to give people something that can create good firm footing in their lives. And to me, that starts with faith in God. Wow. No, that's that's very powerful um, and very rich insight. I think you said something that's very um, thought-provoking, and I wanted to go back there for just 10 seconds. Um, you were talking about, you know, who you are doesn't change, but what you do does. And um, it, I think it leads into this whole uh, discussion about purpose. And for somebody who might be listening to this today, like, how do you 
find who you are, right? Man, it just got deep up in here real quick. You started it. You started it, man. Oh, man. So let me start here. Can I start with a story? Please. Absolutely. I love this story. I don't know if I've ever told it to you, but it'll take, it's very quick. Uh, I have a young son. And he's about nine years old at the time. He, every time I pull up in my truck, he jumps in my lap. He gets in the seat, acts like he's going to drive. And uh, I asked Anthony, I said, who do you want to be when you grow up? He said, oh, dad, you know what I want? I want to be a football player. And I thought that that's great because dad was a football player. And he goes, I go, no, Anthony, that's, that's, that's not what I asked. He said, who do you want to be? He said, dad, I, I want to be a football player. Mm-hmm. He goes, I go, dad, I go, Anthony, that's fine. I go, but that's not what I asked you. And he looked at me in the eye, Joe, he goes, that I, have, I don't know what you're asking me. I said, Anthony, who do you want to be? I go, I didn't ask you, what do you want to do? I asked you, who do you want to be? I go, you can do anything. You can be a teacher. You can be a coach. You can be a firefighter. But who do you want to be as a man? Like what? And he looked at me like, I don't know what you're saying, but you're taking me to a place I've never been. And so I, that's the conversation we really want to have. So when you start talking about ultimate purpose, like who are we as people be versus do? Man, that, that's, that's, a, that's the million-dollar question. How do we find that out? And I think the only way that we can find out who we are is to go to the person who created us in his image. And so when God tells me something about who I am, I'm going to believe him. I, if I can tell myself a bunch of stuff. I can make it up in my head. But when somebody else who made me, created me for his glory and for his purpose tells me who I am, now I've got something that's truth, that's external truth. It's, it's not something that comes from within here because I could have made a bunch of stuff up. But when something that is finite, that is external, t- defines for me who I am, now I know. Now I know who I am because I've been told by the, by, by the one who made me. And so I know that has a faith overlay. I know that has a, well, you got to believe in God overlay. But man, I tell you what. I've, when that happens, you really truly understand to have a peace in your heart about how you how you were created and a and a purpose for your life and then a passion about what he wants to do in our lives. I mean, Dr. Tony Evans, who you know, being in Texas, said this to me one time. I actually had this equation, and I heard him preach it from the pulpit. I go, man, God, I had that same equation. He goes, you got to find out what you're passionate about, what you're gifted at, what you're expertised in, so that you can find out what you're called to do. And I think every man woman included, wants to know what's the call on my life? Mm-hmm. Well, then you got to retrace the steps. Who am I? What am I passionate about? What am I gifted at? What do I have expertise in? And how can I serve well? Man, you start to get those things lined up. Life just starts to have clarity and focus. And I'll tell you what, Joe, I know I'm on a filibuster right now, but I would say there's no more important thing for a man in his life right now than he have clarity for his own life. Yeah. Clarity about what's the vision for who I am and for where I'm going. And, and I don't think enough people have it. I don't think enough people have tapped into that because we grew up in a culture where our parents told us that, you know, men provided, you know, they're great at protection and provision. Like, like our fathers gave us provision and they protected us. Man, we missed the boat on purpose. Yeah. We missed the boat on, boat on who are you, you know, what do you believe and where are you going and, and, and really driving purpose. And so, hey, you know me, I'm not afraid to, talk a little bit. So I'll stop it there, but I hope that helps a little bit because I want to answer the question right for my son. Anthony, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. Yeah. 
No, that's a very, very powerful story. And I think that um, even, you know, as a young boy, you know what I'm saying? When you compare them to, a, you know, an older man, uh, th those principles are, are ageless. They're timeless. And I think many people, um, even, you know, in the world of professional athletics and collegiate athletics, as we both are, many people can't answer that, man. That they cannot answer that question, and it's sad. And 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 you know, uh, you know, thank God for people like yourself, man, who who helped to, to shine the light, man, and, and to challenge. Uh, I wanted to go along the same route here um, in terms of you know sports, football. Um, you were an individual who was an All-American in your own right um, at Northern Arizona. At our, at our alma mater. Don't at, ever leave that out. You're wearing that gold. And he worked at Maroon, but he actually transferred his last year and played at Northern Arizona University, Golden I, Blue, baby. I did, baby. I did, man. I did. You're right about that. Um, it's about you today, though, Fro. It's about you, man. It's about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you were an All-American at Northern Arizona University. Um, um, you, were, you were a part of the San Francisco 49ers, um, the legendary San Francisco 49ers. Um, you were with so many stars, you know, uh, and, and I, what I would, what I want to do now is, you know, as we start to stack these pieces that we've been talking about thus far, we're talking about, you know, purpose. We're talking about belief systems. We're talking about, hey, you know, you, you can't stand on, you know, X for too long without falling off, right? Um, what are some of the, this is a multi-pronged question here. What are some of the traits that you've seen in the world's best, right? Mm -hmm. Um whether it's their belief systems, whether it's their work ethic, what are some of the trends that you've seen in the world's best, right? What are some, um, some tie-ins to what we've just talked about in terms of, hey, you know, I am a football player. I am a, you know, a, 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 you know, a Hall of Famer. But now those players that you played with, they're no longer playing. They're no longer playing. You know, and what are some some lessons that you've learned? You know what I'm saying along along the way as as a, a high level athlete and being a, around other high level athletes in the long run in the long run in terms of some you know uh, a longevity play here. Well, I tell you what, um, so I can give them context. I was with the 49er organization in '91 and '92. Um, uh, listen, I played with Joe Montana. Okay. But I was, according to John Marshall, my my D line coach, I was Joe Bag of Donuts. So I'm saying I'm the low guy on the totem pole. Okay, I was signed and cut by that team three times in an 18 month period of time. Uh, I have many people ask me, why did you go to San Fran? And I mean, couldn't you have gone to another team and maybe made that roster and played a lot longer or played longer? And I go, that's there's some really talented athletes doing really amazing things. I go, I'm thankful for the opportunity to have. The thing I'm most thankful for is to be a part of that organization at the end of its dynasty. Uh, and I'm a very perceptive person. Um, I'll tell you what, it gets back to that idea about personal clarity. Mm -hmm. Organizational clarity is equally important or, you know, as, as, as personal clarity. That organization had such clarity around its, uh, it, that it just, that vision caused everybody to drop their personal agendas and drive towards the ultimate goal. And that's what made a Niner dynasty of 12, 13. I was there. In 91 was the first year after 13 years they hadn't made the playoffs. Um, and we beat the dog out of the, the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football the last season of the year, season game of the year. And that team, we, we started slow, but, man, we were rising. Um, 
from DeBartolo on down to everybody in the organization cast such great vision that when people wanted to like get selfish and do their thing and get their thing going, they quickly were able to drop that because they saw the greater vision. You know, that old parable says without the vision, people cast off restraint. Well, that's ultimately what it is. With great vision, people will hold in restraint and they'll say, you know what, what do I need to do to my, to do my part to make this thing happen? So to watch the great guys of like Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and on down the line say, you know what, I could try to get mine, but but I want to get ours was such a blessing to see that. Joe, I'm so, I'll probably never see an organization operate like that in, in, in maybe ever because how do you get that many yellow jacket great all pros and future hall of famers to put the team above themselves hmm. and that's true for that organization that's true should be true for our workplaces of work it should be for your sports team it should be for your family how do i put other people's how do i sacrificially put other people's needs above my own yeah. that, that 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 principle right there so that's number one is of clarity of vision and people buying into it two it would be how do you, you got to have faith and works, baby. Those two things, faith and works are powerful. And I'll start with works. I got to work with that guy named, uh, you know, Jerry Rice. I had this many conversations with that guy. Okay. You got to remember there's 60 dudes in the locker room and in the expanded roster, there's 80. He's at a different season of his life. I'm a rookie. He's an all pro best ever. The guy never said a word. Joe, the way he worked spoke volumes for who he was. I mean, and he raised the level of the whole entire team by never saying a word, but by showing it by his actions. So you talk about, if you want to be excellent at anything, you got to put in the work. And to watch that guy work, I realized I didn't even know what the, the term work meant. And that helped raise all levels. I'll never forget my rookie year, Ricky Waters. You remember that old name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ricky Waters was a great player out of Notre Dame. He and I got hurt on the same day. I hurt my ankle. He hurt his ankle. We went to the hospital in the same car. Um, and uh, I'll never forget a moment in practice where he ran up the middle in the team drill and he danced around seven, eight yards and he dropped the ball and he ran back to the huddle. And Jerry picked up that ball, <clears throat> took it over and stuck in his belly and said, hey, rookie. He goes, when we practice, we practice like we're going to play. You take this thing to the house. And he Ooh. picked up that ball and he ran the other extra 80 yards because Jerry was famous for catching it from the 20 and then having to run all he would run almost all the way to the end zone. Cause he goes that in his mind is where he was going every time. So people tell that story all the time. I watched that story. Yeah. And once again, he never stood in front of the team and said, let's go. Here's what we got to do. We got to get our act together. Nope. Where's Jerry. We used to have off season workouts, hour and 15 minutes hard. We would be dead. His trainer would show up. That was his warm up, And then he would do his workout. So it's all about clarity of vision, putting the work behind it. And then you got to believe you just got to, the idea of having faith isn't just faith in, you know, a church context. It's being a believer, having the belief that, you know what, I can aspire to more. I can work harder and get better. I believe that we can together. And so I always say, yeah, I'm a believer, but I'm not just a believer in God. I'm a believer in all things. I'm a believer in the, in the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't even have faith there in either yourself or your team or your organization, you're already dead in the water. Yeah. It's already dead. You gotta, you gotta put that faith into action behind a great vision. And when those three things come together, that's what you get championship recipe. That's a championship recipe for the field. That's a championship recipe for life. I love so. it. That's so good. That's so good, man. I um, you know, uh, in terms of in, in terms of um, as we get ready to close, um, I'm put I'm gonna put you on the on the hot seat here. Uh, 
you are someone who is no stranger to trials and tribulations, um, you know, in, in specific areas in your life, uh, which you openly shared with multitudes of people. And, you know, there are a lot of people, I mean, we're, 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 um, you and I are speaking right now amidst one of the, the, uh, most profound pandemics in modern history. Uh, and many people don't know what to do. A lot of athletes are displaced uh, physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually, as far as helplessness, hope, um, the, the, or the lack thereof. Um, what, what is some insight that you can give us and the listeners out there um, in terms of, you know, how to objectify, objectively put things into perspective when it comes to their hope, when it comes to um, you know, everybody says this too shall pass. Some people might be getting, you know, tired of hearing that now. Um, what are some real life, real ways to deal with perseverance? Anytime we deal with uh, adversity and trial, um, human nature is to get through. We got to get, and you said it, we are like this too shall pass. How do we get through this? And I would challenge everybody in this moment, in this season, and in the areas in our life when personal trial test comes, it's not how do we get through, it's what is happening to us in that season. Trials are nobody, nobody's, nobody's wishing for them, nobody's asking for them for tough times, tribulation, trials. But I look back on my life and every moment in my life, Joe, where there was significant growth in me as a, as a man or as a person, it happened in the middle of a fire. It happened in the middle of a trial. Um, my father died when I was young, not too young. I was just starting college, you know. That's a, that's a trial. I had to go from being boy to being, and I need to be responsible for my life. I look back and I go, that was catalytic for me in my growth. Uh, injury as an athlete, we all deal with that as athletes. We think that that's the worst thing that could ever happen. It, it puts our dreams on pause. Man, in the middle of that moment, there's something happening in there that's sharp, that's making you better. It happened my senior year in high school. Uh, I got hurt, couldn't play. Doctor told me you'll never play football again. Something's happening in that moment, and it, 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 it's, it's causing you to grow. It happened in my senior year in college. Uh, went from the high draft pick, 51st pick, supposed to guy in the draft, All-American. Man, I got hurt my whole senior season. Best year of my life because I grew as a man. I found out who I was. God did some great stuff, and it stretched me, grew me. Um, later on in seasons of life, my wife and I, we went through difficult times. Just candidly, we lost six. Uh, we had six miscarriages in seven years. Difficult moments, rough ride, rough for me, devastating for my wife in a lot of ways. But man, I tell you what, in the middle of that adversity, we don't come out of the backside of that. We don't adopt our first daughter, Sarah. And I'm not sitting here looking at a 14-year-old in the other room right now that I'm trying to get her to get her darn homework done and loving every minute of it. Yeah. So it's in the moments of trial in them, something is to be de being developed in you. Yeah. And I know there's some people out there hurting, they're losing their businesses, they're losing their life. But you know what, we, we don't, we, are, we don't, we aren't those who um, grieve without hope. Like we have hope in our heart that something good is going to come in and through this. Uh, I wore a rubber band on my thing all the time. I've shared this with you. I'll share it with them. Man, no rubber band can fulfill its purpose unless it's stretched. Yes. It just sits there. It just sits as does nothing. But when you stretch it, it can fulfill its purpose. And it's in the moment of trial and test that we're stretched the most that we ultimately realize that this is doing something in us not to get through it in it so that we can be more purposeful in our lives. Man, this life isn't all there is. This isn't all we're living for. Um, so if we get our eyes up and not, and, and not down, we start to see that there's purpose in everything. 
in everything. And so trials are no fun, but man, in the middle of them, you just have to say to yourself that something is going to happen in it. That's going to help fulfill God's ultimate purpose and glory in my life. So. That's great, bro. That's great, man. Are there? Bro, any- I don't know who Fro is, by the way. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Hello. aka Fro, aka Big Michael. As we as we get ready to close, man, I I, I want to give you the mic and you can close us out, man. Those that, that was powerful stuff, man. Uh, and it's just it's just uh, I hope I hope people are, are listening and paying attention because I think there's so much carryover. Whether you're an athlete, whether you're a father, uh, mother, um, uh, a coach, I mean, there's just so much uh, rich insight that you've given us today. And I, and I just want to say thank you again. Um, if you look at, um, you know, if you just look introspectively at your life right now, um, just to share with us, are there any things, you know, are there any thoughts um, that you quite candidly can't shake that just keep coming back to your mind? Are there any um, words of encouragement that you have for? Uh, the listeners out there of what uh, might be going on in your head and heart as we close. Well, as you ask that question, and that's just off the cuff, off, off the cuff, off the top, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind is, and I'm talking, you're an athlete, you're, you're working with athletes. We're so accustomed to seasons in our life. There's different seasons in our life, friends. We have seasons where they're great, seasons that aren't so great, difficult times, great times, times of flourishing, times of lack. It's just life. It's just life. But um, here's the thing that gets me through it all, Joe, I'm just being afraid is, is this term faithfulness. Um, and I, I can't help myself, but to say, God is faithful. Uh, the God began a work in me. He will complete it until the final day. And it doesn't matter what season I am. I have been co- learned to become content in all circumstances, whether I have much or whether I have little, whether I am succeeding or whether I'm in a season of failure. I have become less dependent upon me and my performance, and I'm more dependent upon God and ultimately his son's performance. Because when I stand on the last and I breathe my last and I stand before God Almighty, which I believe I will, and I give an account, I'm counting on what he's done and not what I've done. I'm counting on his work and not my work. I'm counting on him in the end and not me. And I know that sounds like a, a way out, but that's the gospel, man. The gospel is that he is faithful and true. And I'll leave everybody with this great saying. It's uh, Paul says in Second Timothy, he says, if we died with him, we will live with him. If we endure with him, we will reign with him. If we disown him, he'll disown us. But this is the part I love is that if we're faithless, he will remain faithful because he cannot disown himself. I have got that anchor in my life that God is faithful. He's faithful to me. He's faithful to you. He'll be faithful in good and bad time. Doesn't matter the season, man. I'm, I'm enamored with his faithfulness. And I will hold that. And I will continue to teach that, share that, preach that where they'll let me, to let people know that, man, um, God loves us and he's got a plan for us and it's full of purpose and, it's, it's, um, and, and he's faithful. That's what I own today. And you knew that that's probably what I'd give you, but... That's what that's what God has been doing in my life for 27 years post-sport through the ministry of FCA. That's awesome. Hey. I know that's a little preachy today for the old uh, sports psychology program, but that's, that's who I am, and that's what that's where that's my come from. How's that sound? Yeah, I love it, and that's what we need, man. We need you, brother. We need you. Hey, Fro, man, thank you so much, man. Well said. Just, I can't wait to go back and listen to it again, man. It's um, that was really good. I appreciate your time, Fro. Thank you. 
Well, thanks, Josiah. Thanks for having me. And for whatever the listeners are out there, I hope that, that there's a piece or a nugget in there that's a blessing.